Welcome to Quiet on the Sit, where we talk all things pop culture. I'm Jordan. I'm Tyler. This week, we're going to be discussing The Equalizer 3 and Episode 4 of Ahsoka. Now, let's get started, bro. So, Equalizer. Equalizer 3. This one's kind of interesting because we have very, very different, different opinions on this movie. You didn't like it, huh? I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt. Like, straight, straight to the point. I thought it. And it was okay. I liked it though. So yeah, you, you go first. Me explain. Yeah. Just okay. Get your thoughts off. Uh, I think it started off strong, uh, with the opening scene of him, like that was that was. <laughs> oh, spoiler warning. Yeah, spoiler way. warning. Uh, Those are spoilers. Yes, the opening scene. That was. I think for me that was the. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe that was probably like the second best scene, like other the. the I'd say the first is him fighting everybody at the end. When he's killing everybody at the end. Oh, uh, at the house? At the, yeah, at the when, house. Okay. That was probably better. Like when they're all sleeping? And, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Or, actually, I might go back and forth on those scenes because the first scene with him in the sitting in the chair and he kills everybody, that feels more equalizer to me. Mm-hmm. Because he's got the watch. He's like, he's like you got nine seconds. You <laughs> got, got nine seconds to fight. Decide your feet. And he gets shot in the back. Yeah. Is that, by a kid. Is he got shot by a kid. Is that where it goes downhill for you? Uh, yeah, because, like, John Wick, he'll jump off a building, land on a bus, and then walk it off. But Equalizer yeah. gets shot, and he has to recover for, like, didn't they say, like, weeks? He's He was there for, like, three weeks. Maybe, like, maybe more. Like, there was a point in the... In the story where they're they're like, you've been here for like three weeks and stuff. Like, it was a couple of days. It was like three days. Three days. Where he was like, like when he's up and walking again. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know, but it to me the movie felt like it didn't have a lot of substance to it. Ooh. Okay. Because um, like they yeah, they make the villains threatening, but they don't. Feel like a, like a presence, that's like a, like a, like like it's a terrorizing the city. Yeah, like they do that, right? They terrorizing the city and stuff, but the it just, I think the best way to put it is that it was underwhelming. It was mm-hmm. very underwhelming for me. Okay. The a lot of the characters were bland, like that blonde lady. I don't remember her name. The CIA lady, she didn't really do it for me. Like she wasn't. She was. She was alright. She didn't really have anything to her character. Um, what else was there? I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, <laughs> I was literally thinking of this in while I was in the theater. The final fight after that, I was like, it. It felt like after that scene, it was gonna end. I was like, there's no way. It's gonna end, and then it ends, and I'm like, nothing was resolved with the, with these characters. N- like, it felt like nothing happened. It's like we we. It's like, it's like we missed like a third of the movie, and it plays out. It's super slow through the middle, and then it just ends. That's how it felt for me. Interesting. It's crazy. Cause like, 
It's crazy that we watched the same movie, but processed it differently. Very differently. Yeah. I saw the complete opposite. Really? I'm but, I'm interested because I said <laughs> we were walking out the theater. It was like, man, that was bad, wasn't it? And I thought you were gonna agree with me. You were like, "What the heck? I loved it." Yeah, I liked it. I liked the slow burn. I think it kind of sets up for when he comes back, starts you know killing dudes, mm-hmm. like him, kind of being this lone wolf, vulnerable. That's He's true. Got his gunshot wound. Taking him a while to heal. He's got a cane. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting along with the locals, and I don't know. It's just, uh, and then you know, you got the the gangs terrorizing, and he's you know he he knows what he's got to do. Yeah, he knows what he's got to do. Like, like that's the stuff I signed up for. In the yeah, like him messing up people. Like yeah. And stuff. That happens like how many times it happened? Three, three, four times. Yeah, uh, I'm. I probably have to rewatch the other equalizers because those were good. The previous two equalizers were good movies. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I don't know. So you didn't feel like it was resolved. I I, thought. I felt like the way they set it up could have been better. Like the 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 characters could have been more resonant with like with the side the, the side characters yeah like uh, the doctor was good i liked him yeah it, like he cuz he felt super close to like i think that should have been more more of the focus instead of him trying to find a love interest at the cafe you know like i don't know if that was their intention but i think like they made us care about the the officer and his family, because yeah, I mean you see it like multiple times, like mm-hmm. you know when he gets uh, when the, when they're holding his family hostage. Yeah, remember? Mm-hmm. Did, were you there? You might have. Did I did I run to the bathroom? I might have run. You might have missed that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's a pretty important character moment. I was, I was like, nothing's happening. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And then, and then something happened. And then something happened. Maybe but I don't like, know. I'm at to rewatch it though. That he the officer is kind of like a representation of like the city. He yeah. re- he's supposed to represent, like in a story sense, like the, he represents what they're going through, like the good people. Because yeah. his daughter gives him the treat, right? Yeah. So it's supposed to be like like they're very welcoming yeah. to him. Denzel takes out the gang. They're not a threat anymore. And then, you know, you got the happy ending. The, yeah. the, they're all celebrating and stuff. I, it was satisfying for me. Uh, from, maybe you got to watch it again. Maybe probably. it's one of, those, one of those movies. I think I know why. Because I woke, up, uh, I woke up early to do a school assignment to finish Singing in the Rain. I watched oh, yeah. that movie. And then as soon as I finished that, you we were. went. We went to get ready to go to see Equalizer. Yeah, and I was like, because I, I finished singing in the rain, and I loved it. Two like, completely different. movies. Two completely different movies, but I don't know. I appreciated singing in the rain a lot more. I don't know because I I probably had that, 
like because yeah when i'm because i'm taking like um courses on like screenwriting and stuff and how to because i'm look now that i know how that structure works yeah i'm looking at that in the movie it's like okay yeah, you can see it now i can see it like okay what's the hook the hook the hook is all the dead bodies mm-hmm. then then there's the the intensify inciting incident yeah stuff like that yeah. and then the and then the um prompt which leaves you to turn the page that's when i'd say the guy sees equalizer sitting in the room and the guy has the gun to his hand denzel to, to i'm just gonna call him denzel hand. yeah denzel i <laughs> what's his name it was like robert right he said roberto but i think i think uh, his real name is robert right i think he's making up a name but it was, said was that he? it said that in the credits. Oh, it did okay. When the credits were rolling, I, it said I just, Robert. I call him Denzel. Denzel. It's Denzel. It's better that <laughs> way. No, I'd say Denzel Washington is one of my favorite actors. Oh, he's phenomenal. Absolutely, like uh, everything he does. Yeah, in all of all the movies that I've seen him in, like I think Deja Vu is underrated. It's a very underrated movie. I remember we watched that. That was that was pretty good. You haven't seen uh, Remember the Titans, have you? One of his best roles, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I need to get on that one. And then Training Day. That's, oh, that's yeah. a great oh, movie. Yeah. Training, I love Training Day. That's a great movie. And then, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what else to say. I think we covered. Equal. So, Do you have anything else? Yeah, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. Kind of a late summer popcorn movie. I, yep. I had no problem with it. You know, uh, you said pacing issues. Was that something that you... That's something I like focusing on in movies. If a if a narrative flows great, then that sells it for me. Hmm. Like, like, like Spider-Verse. Like sp- set up and pay off. Exactly. But also, like one scene affecting the next one. Yeah, keep, like, keeps you engaged. Keeping you engaged. Like uh, like I said, Spider-Verse has phenomenal pacing. Yeah. And then, it's a long movie, but it doesn't it, feel like it. No. And then also, uh, I watched I watched uh, Steven Spielberg's Catch Me If You Can. And oh, it, how it's was a, that? That was a, that's a good movie. I recommend it. But um, the hour, the movie is two hours and 20 minutes. But it fits so much in there. It it fits a lot. So I I like when and I and I also saw uh today Jurassic Park in, in theaters when they re released it. And I am fully convinced that you can fit an entire like just well crafted narrative in two hours. That's all you need. Yeah. And but people say, Oh, Two hours is not enough. It's plenty of time. Yeah. Just depends on what story you're telling. Like Oppenheimer, three hours. That's, but yeah. It it needed three it hours. Need, it needs that three hours to tell its story. And it's still well paced. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. It's like it's it doesn't drag out in my opinion. Yeah. Like But you know. Yeah, like some movies. Right, they'll stay in a place for like way too long, and it's like yeah. you gotta you gotta move on. Kind of like a 
filler episode in a in a TV show, kind of yeah. like a filler scene where yeah. it doesn't really advance the plot, doesn't really add anything to the characters. It's just there it's because just there it needs because the runtime demands it. Fill fill the runtime. Yeah, because sometimes, like. I think that's what filler episodes are made for. Is like you get a better understanding of the kinda, the characters and stuff. Yeah, kind of like sidetracking. Mm-hmm. Focus a little more on it's like details of a yeah. character. Yeah, that's why that's why Star Wars Rebels is so awesome because you Rebels need that great. you you need that kind of extra development mm. because it it pays off beautifully. In the, in the end. Speaking of Star Wars Rebels, episode got, four of Ahsoka. Oh my gosh. The best one so far. Uh, you know what's oh, it was, it was crazy? It, I feel like it might get better than that episode. Oh. I think it's going to get... Episode five? It's going to get... They're, they're releasing it in theaters. It's going to be an event. Directed by Dave Filoni. Written by Dave Filoni. For those who don't know. The apprentice of, of George. George Lucas, also the co-creator of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Uh, Created. I mean, I mean, it was George's idea to give Anakin an apprentice. Mm-hmm. But Ahsoka is is Dave's character. He's he, taking her on this journey, and that last episode, man, was like, like. This is the, like it feels like the culmination of her character. It's like it's Star Wars fans are eating so good right now. <laughs> All right, let's. You want to go scene by scene or well, talk uh, about the juicy stuff? I like getting into the juicy stuff because I mean we don't have the episode up right now, and it's hard to like get it down bit by bit. But I mean. The whole episode, it, it's like the whole runtime. It says 40 minutes, but that's including credits. Like the actual episode is like 36 minutes. 36, 38. Yeah. The, ne- yeah. the next one is, I think, 50. That's amazing. And I see why. They It needs to be 50 minutes. Yeah. It, should, it should be like a move, like, like movie length. Ed, again, spoilers. Yes. Spoilers Huge for spoilers. Like... Spoilers you won't ever imagine. You're going to want to experience it. For yourself. Go watch this. I think, you know what? I think they might have gotten spoiled it already. You seen that poster? Oh, the, the Star Wars account didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> they, they I were, mean. I, I, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's to get the hype going for the, the next episode. And like, you kind of told me earlier, the... The ratings for the first few episodes are kind of they're, they're all right. Yeah, but as the show goes on, it gets. I I do think there's a chance they they increase with every episode, and maybe by the finale, mm-hmm. it could be because you usually see drop in in numbers from the opening to the finale. Saw that with Mando season three, even Mando season two had a drop in viewership. But this one, now that you're releasing the fifth episode in theaters, mm-hmm. you had a crazy cliffhanger in the fourth one. 
Now you got people talking. Yeah. Okay, so let's start start breaking down the the episode. All right, so episode opens up. We get more of Ahsoka and Sabine, mm-hmm. and then we get a scene where Ahsoka kind of alludes to the fact that they might have to destroy the map mm-hmm. if they can't get to it, then no one else should. That means and sacrificing sacrificing Ezra. Ezra. I feel like that's that was like Ezra's whole point. That that his, was his point. He was like, "Don't." His his purpose was to take Thrawn somewhere else. Yeah, so that he wouldn't be a threat no more. And now that yeah, you're trying to get Ezra back, but that's also a chance that they'll bring back that, Thrawn. Exactly. So it's like this interesting dichotomy. It's mm-hmm. like it's like you have to make this choice. And then Ahsoka asks Sabine, like, can I count on you? Mm-hmm. Deep down, you know, no. no. She, she She's unstable. She, no. <laughs> she cares about her friend. Yeah. She, she, I mean, she's grieving. That's true. She lost her friend years later. Now, she has a chance. Now the, the chance to go find him. Just falls right into her lap, and then and Ahsoka's kind of asking her like to not do what she wants to do, and it's for the greater good. Yeah, because if you know Morgan and Shin and Balin can't find Thrawn, then well, there you go. Did that's that? It's like it's like that scene from from Spider Man. It's like our choices make us who we are. Now choose. Yeah, yeah. and it's like. Uh, uh, Sabine's trying to be like Spider-Man trying to save both she's trying to stop Thrawn but also save Ezra Ezra's her priority which can't really happen like Mm. she she either has to choose there's no choice there's always that scene where it's like there's always there's always a uh, a chance but there's like no there's not because the way this episode was written. There's, there's points where it could have been a cliche. There's a oh, scene. There's yeah. scenes where like, um, Sabine, she has the map in her hand. She can destroy it. And Balin talks her into giving back the map. And it could have been some sort of cliche where Ahsoka jumps from the back, yeah. stabs Balin, and then, and, then, and, Sabine, and then takes the map. Sabine shoots him or something. Like right as he's about to get it. Yeah, but really, but, really good character moment. Mm-hmm. It shows uh, for Balin also. Yeah, great performance by Ray Stevenson, by the way. Yeah, he, we see a lot more of his character in this episode, which he, was amazing. He gets more intriguing by the episode. Mm-hmm. Even when he was just standing there in the last episode, he was <laughs> man the best character. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, when he sends those guards after. After them, he's kind of like, kind of, yeah. kind of contemplating it. Yeah, and he's still willing to, to fight for it. But even in the fight, he was probably com- conflicted. He because the first thing when, when Ahsoka, um, comes up behind him, it's like the first things he mentions is Anakin. Mm-hmm. And. When they're dueling, he says, you, like your master, leave a trail of 
death and destruction. I, I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. He kind of, he's so, like I said, he's so interesting. Yeah. The best villains are right. When they're <laughs> right, not in that way. I mean, like, like what he said in that sentence, he was right. That's what I mean. In, in a sense, from a certain point of view. Yeah, his character, like, you see more into his mind, I think, in this episode. Mm-hmm. He, you know, when Ahsoka ignites her lightsaber, he says, how inevitable. Like, like he knew this. He, he knew this was going to happen, but he doesn't want it to happen. Like, he strikes me as someone who doesn't want to fight. But, but he, he has to. He will... In I will order, do what I must. Right. He has greater ambitions. Mm-hmm. And he won't let anybody get yeah, in the way of he, that. He also seems like he's a man of honor as well. Yeah. He, you know, Sabine gives him the map. Then Shin comes up behind her and starts choking her. He's like, stop that. He's like, yeah, he's like release her. <laughs> I gave her my word. Mm-hmm. He's, he, like, he's, he's true to his word. He's not deceitful. He's... Yeah. What you see is what you get with him. Very, you know, like we're saying, Dooku. Mm -hmm. Very much like Dooku. He's got, he's got honor. He's got mannerisms that that give him respect. And then that's all. That's all. Ray Stevenson, man. Mm -hmm. You can't write that stuff. I mean, you can, but not the way that Ray Stevenson. It's it's a combination of it's it's the the dialogue, the writing, also his performance you know he's the one giving those mannerisms he's bringing the character to life mm-hmm. i'm i'm all for it yeah you said this when we were re-watching the episode because it was just that good um he has a like stature and the way he holds his lightsaber is like a knight yeah he, and you see his, his like his armor yeah like his shoulder pads it looks like like a knight yeah like a knight guard. And the way he he blocks hold, it, the way he holds very, his saber when he, he swings and and blocks stuff, it's like it's like very like stat holding. There's there's some weight to the saber. Yeah, the way he presents himself, the way that's all directed, mm-hmm. I think is great. Um, let's go to the forest forest fights. That was very um very anticipated in this episode as well. Yeah, you got Merrick and Soga. You got Shin and. Sabine rematch. Mm-hmm. Merrick turned out to be nobody. <laughs> Everybody's Merrick theories was wrong. Yeah, but it was interesting that he it was knights. It might have been there's like, like some knight sister magic that immersed from him. I yeah, I don't know. It could have been like it. It was probably Morgan, but you know she could if if that was her and knight sister magic, she could have made an army of Merricks. Yeah, I I don't know how that works. I mean, the Clone Wars, they do bring back the dead, like zombies, kind well, of. Yeah, weren't they saying something like, I don't know. Like, it could have been a host of somebody. Yeah, yeah. So it could have been, like, an actual person. They were just being, like, reanimated somehow. I wonder if that'll ever get explained, or that's that. Well, I mean, Probably it not. could just one of those things that's not important right now after what happened towards yeah. to the end of the story. He's probably, you know, just some throwaway villain. Yeah. Cause 
Because at first we were like, well, he's just there. Why would they? Why would they just put him there? Yeah. And now it's like, well, they just they did just put him there. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have to be somebody. It's fun to theorize, but yeah. So we get to the Sabine and Shin rematch. Mm-hmm. Sabine has her her armor now. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get stabbed. She doesn't get That's stabbed good. this time. Uh, I I she, like she held her own. Yeah, she did. Uh, in the very like short time she spent with Ahsoka, she still learned a lot and how to defend herself. Because it's it's mostly uh, like her mind, what what she's thinking. That's what's holding her back, not her physical strength or anything like that. It's just she's preventing herself from reaching her full potential. Kinda. Yeah, getting like yeah, achieving what she wants, how she, and how she, she can do it. And then we get to the part where she's disarmed. Mm-hmm. Shin disarms her. And I thought it was a force something, force slap. Force slap. <laughs> but she extends her hand and Shin kind of turns. You can hear just like impact, yeah. like a thud. I don't and What did you think? You think Shin was like bracing or maybe I don't know like I it looked like she used a little bit of the force there maybe because I don't know like I'm so happy that she's not getting it right away that is I don't know like like that's what I love about characters in general just they're just not getting it right away and so like in the last episode she was really trying hard for the cup for the cup and then in her like time of need she was like maybe this will work like she was like she was like i'm disarmed i have nothing Mm. but like (laughs) let's see if this will work like what did anakin say it's like what does this button do what does this button do (laughs) yeah i thought you know because then shin says you have no power i would assume meaning she's she's still weak but in the force, but she's not quite there yet. Yeah. But I think the force slap, force slap. That's a, that's a good way to describe it. Was kind of enough to like, you know, hit her, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I think it was like a force slap, but it's like, she was like, that's all you got. Uh, That's what she gets. She gets cocky. That's how it came off to me. Mm hmm. And then she uses the Batman smoke bomb after, yeah. after Sabine uses her, her wrist rockets. And then she disappears. And I think that's why, um, I don't know, maybe maybe that's why she starts force choking Sabine. Because she's like, great. She's she's like, she's like she's not a threat anymore. Yeah. Or like, not that. Like, like showing off kind of. Yeah. She's, she's like, <laughs> you know, she's like, I can, I can do that. I can do that too. Yeah, and then you, know, you see kind of the contrast more and more between Balin and Shin. Balin's very much composed. He, you know, and he knows Shin, what he wants, right? Shin is more, I guess, the impulsive young student, which is how, which is the mirroring of Ahsoka, Anakin, and Ahsoka and Sabine, right? I'm, curious to see where that leads yeah maybe 
she didn't feel she's being held back, held back, you know, wants more power. Balin, again, still kind of has that, that past that he clings yeah. on to. And you know what? When he says that line about Anakin about leaving a trail of destruction, maybe that's, you know, kind of, he feels some resentment towards Anakin because of what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Order sixty six, he said few, the, the, the few survived to see what he what he became. Yeah, and he's one of those people. Yeah, he was one of the few that saw him turn into Darth Vader. So he, in a way, feels that kind of like, you know, like I said, resentment for Anakin. He went through that event, mm-hmm. and maybe and. Partially, maybe blames Ahsoka. I was about to for say abandoning that. Anakin, as he says, which which is a factor in him turning to the, to yeah. the dark side. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I was about to say like maybe that's why he also resents Ahsoka because I mean because you she, said she, Anakin like, like she played a part in Anakin's downfall. Yeah, he said Anakin spoke very highly of you, mm-hmm. and he's like, and then like. That's the that's the person, Darth Vader. That's the person who speaks, who puts Anik, who puts Ahsoka on a pedestal. He's like right, Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. and so that's that's that kind of uh, it's kind of like bridging the gap between their stories uh, between Balin and Ahsoka. Like, how yeah. do they relate personally? And it's all Anakin. That's all it comes back to. Everything. In Star Wars, that's all that comes back to. He's the chosen one. Then we get to the fight. Very samurai-esque. Yeah. It's like a... I think it was what Dave Filoni was kind of going for. Very much like a like a samurai... Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah, Kill Bill. Yeah, kind of just like samurai... You know... Wizard. Gandalf. <laughs> wizard. You know, Dave Filoni's drawn comparisons to... Ahsoka, at this stage in her life, to to Gandalf, mm-hmm. and I could totally see it after this episode. Yeah. I could see where he's going with that. Especially me, I I've seen the first Lord of the Rings. I haven't seen the other two. Yeah. you haven't seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies. I want to. You want to? I want to finish, uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The reason that I didn't finish it is because I was trying to watch two tow- the two towers, and then the internet cut out. And then I just never finished it. I just it. never went back, huh? No, I never, I never looked back. It gave me a hmm. traumatic experience. Oh. <laughs> and then we get Sabine, or no, Shin arrives to the, to the scene. Mm-hmm. Balin's kind of got Ahsoka cornered on the edge of the cliff. Ahsoka sees that Sabine's not there, and she, then she kind of freaks out a bit, and that little little dark side comes out. Yeah, yeah. Takes takes Shin, throws her against the wall. <laughs> Like it, yeah, that that was that was awesome, and the and then the fact that you know it's interesting that the the map would have burned her hand if she pulled it out because she could have just gotten the lightsaber and swung it, swung it, hit. It. But that's not yeah. that's not really the case because yeah, he he when, took the lightsaber. Balin, and he had to hold he had to hold it there. Yeah, like took a while to kind of turn yeah. a break, but. It's interesting that that kind of conflict, when it was written, 
you know, to have it burn her hand. Ra- uh, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, when when the uh, the Nazi, I know I know his name, Arnold Tolt. Yeah, Tot. Tot. Yeah. Yeah. I I learned that recently, like a few months ago. I never knew his name. You never knew his name. B- before this year, I never knew his name. I was just like the Nazi. The Nazi guy. The Nazi guy from Raiders. From Raiders. Yeah, I don't know if that'll play a part in them trying to get back. We'll talk about the world between worlds in a <laughs> it, second. It gets engraved like into her hand, yeah. like like yeah, like, just like Raiders. Yeah, yeah. So then. Sabine arrives. Mm-hmm. She's got the map. Balin knocks Ahsoka off the cliff. That's the last time we see her before the end, the very end of the episode. And this moment between Sabine and Balin, like Peak we were talking writing. about earlier, yeah. Like you said, I was afraid about you know some some cliche happening, but it was executed very well. Yeah, very well. And that's what, when it, when TV shows and movies are able to break cliches and stereotypes, you feel that sigh of relief because now, because that's what you worry about when you see because you're like they're at this the characters at this position you're like it's so predictable of how this goes it, it could go any way any yeah. predictable way but they went but they went on but they went the correct way that developed the character. Yeah, I think this was the way that kind of even raised the stakes even higher. Yeah. Now the map's destroyed. Balin and Morgan, they're all on their way to the new galaxy. With Sabine. With Sabine. Hera and, and, and Jason Sandula. They have no way to get there. Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka's Ahsoka. dead. Ahsoka. Ahsoka's probably dead. Ahsoka's in another dimension. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know, guys. I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. Yeah. So, speaking of Ahsoka, The World Between Worlds, featured in Rebels, Dave Filoni's creation, finally see it in live action. Man. That was, that transition between the waves, and and then you see her. In The World Between Worlds. I thought it was bad water CGI at at first. first. At first, I was like, it's like she's underwater, like Captain America. Oh yeah, and she, and it's bad water CGI. Yeah, that's what I thought at first. Then you see like the waves when she moves. It moves it, with her. I'm like, this is the world between worlds. And then I, yeah, and, and I saw like all the arches and stuff and the pathways, yeah. and I was like, shoot. So the world between worlds. If you haven't seen Rebels, this realm or dimension has been featured before and Ahsoka has been here before mm-hmm. with Ezra. Ezra first finds it on a Jedi temple in Lothal. Yeah. He goes in and pulls Ahsoka out right before right before Vader's about to strike her in her duel. In season two. In season two. So her and Ezra kind of explored the world between worlds. Essentially what it is, it's like this. It's outside of time and space, but it lets you to go into it's any point and time in 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 the Star Wars, the Star Wars universe. universe. Uh, everything in the Star Wars galaxy is like at this point. It, uh, time is fluid mm-hmm. in this in this realm. 
it's, it's time travel, basically. There's debate on that. There's debate. But, yeah. But there's there's power there because yeah, and it has to be it has to be written and used responsibly because anybody can say, well, it's just time travel. They can ruin Star Wars, but in yeah. in Rebels, this is, this is spoilers for Rebels. Ezra could have gone in and saved Kanan, but he didn't. He 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 had the choice. Yeah, he had that choice, and he didn't take it. And Dave Filoni talks about that. He says, "Yeah, Ezra could have taken Kanan. Kanan also, those who don't know, Ezra's master, mm-hmm. his Jedi master. Ezra could have taken him out before he dies, but he still has to put him back in that role. He can't just." hop between doorways the same way Ahsoka knew that she couldn't stay with Ezra. She had to go back to her own mm-hmm. time, I guess. And at the end of Rebel Season 2, you see Ahsoka walking walking yeah. away. And, so and it could be she... something where it's like a chain. Like she was always supposed to be brought out of that moment. And then put back. And put back, yeah. Um, and again, like something with Kanan, you can't take him out. Yeah. You take him out, then Ezra dies. That's true. And then there's this paradox thing. You have to... Dave Filoni explains it better than I can. Yeah. But pre- the premise, outside of space and time, Contra- very con- connected to the Force. Mm-hmm. That's why, I mean... That's why only Force users can access it. Yeah, I mean, not even Palpatine could get in, but it was in a Jedi temple. Yeah. And then the big reveal. Anakin Skywalker. Anakin. And they de-aged him. Yeah. So, but he looked he looked awesome. I I thought he looked good. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, you, know, you see the contrast between him and this, and then his appearance in Obi-Wan. Yeah. Where they decided not to de-age him, and then... Like, I don't know. I I like it. Like he in Obi Wan, he didn't look too old. He just like a few wrinkles you could have touched up. But that that was it. That's all they could have done. They could have touched up. It's touched a minor up. minor thing. Yeah, like it was uh, when we saw Obi Wan. It was still awesome to see him in his pre Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Uh, outfit with his Padawan braid and his and his lightsaber. Yeah. Too. That's one of my favorite lightsabers when we were growing up. Yeah. Then he reaches out to Ahsoka and says, hey, Snips, crazy for Clone Wars fans because this is crazy. Uh, to see this in live action, is it, it's crazy. Like, and then he says, I didn't expect to see you so soon. She turns around. And then there he is. Her face lights up like, this is Anakin, yeah. her old master. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot wait for episode five. Like, they're setting like, something up crazy. I know. Like, there's so much in that tiny scene. It's like a minute long, and there's so much you can unpack there. Like, for example, why isn't Anakin a Force ghost? Yeah, and did Ahsoka die? Or did Anakin pull her into the world between worlds just like Ezra did? Well, I don't know, because um, he said, I didn't expect you so soon. Oh, that's true. So why would he well, say that if he decided to pull her out? Could have been something where, like, 
he's watching her from beyond and sees her get knocked off. He's like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> save her. I didn't, I didn't expect you to get to see you this soon. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, and then there's the theory that she's dead though. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things we didn't see a body. So you don't, you never know, but it's, it's it's hard to to really think like uh, why would she be dead? It's half. It, it's hard to to imagine because we're halfway through the season. But Ahsoka, the name, the title name of the show, is dead. Well, she won't be like dead. dead. Like, like not dead, dead, but it's still kind of like she'll she'll like she'll come back somehow. But it's yeah. it's just weird that. You know, if they say, "Well, she did die, but she comes back," it's like, well, yeah, because it goes back to like that Gandalf comparison yeah. that Dave makes. She dies, but comes back. Comes back. Also, there's a lot of lore behind Ahsoka. She has died before, three times. If incl- well, this if, would, this would be the third time. This I would think. be the third time, but other times, yeah, this she, is the second. She the dies in Mortis. Mortis is you know. Another realm, another realm outside of space and time, and she gets killed by one of the Mortis gods, the brother. Mm-hmm. There's the father, the brother, and then the, the sister. sister. The brother kills her. Then the sister transfers, or Anakin is like the bridge. He transfers the sister's life into Ahsoka. And have you noticed the the owl more? Yeah, it always that always follows, follows her. her. That owl is kind of like the representation of the sister. sister. So everywhere Ahsoka goes, that owl follows her. You see it in Rebels. You see it at the end of Clone Wars, Vader when Vader looks up. Yeah. And then you also see it, a little Easter egg in The Mandalorian. Uh, he's like sitting on a on a branch. Was that season three? Of Mandalorian? Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one. Oh, season two. When, when we're first introduced to Ahsoka in this show? Yeah, you can okay. you can see more. Okay. So, she she has the like the life essence of, of a god. Essentially, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how much that's going to play into what we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. But there's so many directions they can go with the fifth one. The fifth episode, I mean. Yeah. Uh, like, wh- are we going to see, like, different alternative timelines? Are we going to see different points in the saga? Yeah. Is An- Anakin's going to be, like, her guide or something? Showing her different points in time? I don't know, man. Yeah, That's that's what Dave Filoni wanted with the World Between Worlds, is to bridge the gap between all the Star Wars all, media. Yeah, yeah. And so, let, that could be, like, what... Episode five is all about. It's like bridging the gap between everything. And this is what I kind of wanted to see with Anakin post Return of the Jedi. Anakin, yeah, like, like actual, like actual scenes with him. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't a cameo. No, he, he's, he's like in the show. He's, he's like a oh, real character. He's yeah, he's in the show now. And so and he's like, on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> he's on the poster now. So. I mean, there there's so much they could do, mm-hmm. and, and in so see, many directions. And then you hear the Darth Vader theme, 
when the episode ends. I don't know what that's supposed to imply. But, again, I'm intrigued. Live action Ahsoka versus Darth Vader. Like a, like a, oh, like on in the on Malachor? Yeah, like... Or Mustafar, like, even? Mm-hmm. Kind of like... I don't know. Trying to... Like, they already did that with Rebels, like, trying to... Like, of Ahsoka trying to face Anakin and Darth Vader together, but it's... I don't know. I don't know what they could do with that. Because... Could be Anakin trying to... Um, relieve that guilt that she has because she still to this day feels guilty leaving him and feels like she actually did play a part mm-hmm. in his turn could be some closure there for those both for both of those characters yeah absolutely there there should be that that closure because last time she saw Anakin they were going off to save the Chancellor and then and then up to the end of season two of Rebels, she didn't know Darth Vader was was Anakin. So yeah, she, she was kind of in the in in denial. denial, and then finally, you know, comes to terms with it. She can now she she can accept it. She can now she's, the gap. she's with him now. And now and now it's like he can guide her again into yeah. a, in, into like getting her back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm on board. I cannot wait to see the fifth. I can't even. I can't wait to see the rest of the show. Yeah, I have no idea where it's going. We still haven't seen Thrawn yet. Still no. haven't seen Ezra. They're really building. Excited it up. for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're in a we're in for a one one ride one one heck of a ride. Mm-hmm. That concludes this episode of Quiet on the Set with Tyler and Jordan. We'll be back next week discussing episode five of Ahsoka. Thank you for listening. Catch you guys next week. Okay, that's a wrap.